Liz Cheney teases a possible run for president in 2024. Oregon says high school students don't need to master any subject in order to graduate. Plus, Ilhan Omar labels a reporter a crazy person for asking questions about Hamas. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with Liz Cheney. Yep, she's still around. And not only is she still around, she was hitting all the Sunday shows this weekend and taking every opportunity to bash former President Trump and to tease her own possible run for President of the United States in 2024. The establishment or swamp which is not limited to any one particular party or even limited to Washington, D.C., is the single biggest roadblock we have to advancing a truly conservative agenda. Just take a look at this clip from Democrat Representative Jamie Raskin, who was asked on MSNBC about his pick for a Speaker of the House. One of the things that uh, I've said from the beginning is Liz Cheney would be a perfect choice herself. She was the chair of the Republican conference. She was the number three Republican for several years while we're here, a very conservative uh, Republican, but she believes in the constitutional order. And so we trust her. Uh, Mitt Romney is another name that has been floated as someone who we could trust. Are you kidding me? Cheney and Romney? Those are Raskin's recommendations. And it just shows that Liz Cheney will not go away. She lives in the minds of Democrats and the media loves to put her on the air, just like they love to put on Tony Fauci to talk about masks and vaccines. Well, this weekend, Cheney had plenty to say. Here's one exchange in which Cheney was asked on CBS's Face the Nation about her plans to run for president. Um, when will you make a decision about whether you want to run for president of the United States? Well, what I am doing uh, right now, what I will continue to do, is very much focus on making sure that we get people elected at all levels who are serious, people who believe in the Constitution. I think we're at a moment in this nation where we certainly have seen we face significant threats internationally. Within my own party, I don't even know if I should call it my own party, within the Republican Party right now, the extent to which you're seeing people suggest that we should abandoned Ukraine, uh, which essentially is surrendering in this battle between freedom and, and tyranny. Uh, and, and that would be very dangerous for our security. Gag. As much as Cheney tries to sound like a foreign policy expert, she is simply an expert on keeping the war machine running and pumping money into globalist causes. And, of course, hinting at running for president. Here's more from Cheney, this time regarding her thoughts on the race for Speaker of the House. Look, I think what you're seeing right now and among the Republicans in the House is a direct result of the decisions that Kevin McCarthy made to uh, embrace uh, Donald Trump, to embrace the most radical and extreme members of our party, to elevate them. Um, so it's not a surprise that we are where we are, but, but it's a disgrace and it's an embarrassment. And there certainly are serious people uh, among the Republicans. Uh, I hope that, that one of them Particularly, I think it's important somebody not be an election denier. And I also think everybody should be asked tomorrow night at the candidate forum about this issue of Ukraine assistance. Okay, so the speaker candidate that checks Cheney's boxes must be anti-Trump and pro-Ukraine. Got it. But Cheney wasn't done with simply going on Face the Nation on CBS. Cheney then headed over to CNN, where she had a great time with host Jake Tapper. Here's Cheney responding to the question of what another Trump presidency would look like. Well, he cannot be the next president, um, it, it, because if he is, 
um, all of the things that he attempted to do um, but was stopped from doing by responsible people around him at the Department of Justice, at the White House Counsel's Office, all of those things he will do. There will be no guardrails. And everyone has been warned. After January 6th, after our investigation, after all of the evidence that we laid out about all of the steps in his multi-part plan to overturn the election, there can be no question uh, that he will unravel the institutions of our democracy. So there you go. According to Cheney, Trump will unravel the institutions of our democracy. The last thing we need is an establishment mouthpiece like Liz Cheney telling us what or who is wrong with government. What we know, we know what is wrong. We need people who are willing to stand up and fight. That's the key. All right, next let's talk about education in Oregon. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, next let's talk about what's going on with Oregon government-run schools. Because around the country, you see education getting replaced with indoctrination and division. Now, Oregon high school students won't need to show mastery of reading, writing, or math in order to graduate. Because apparently, the current standards are racist. Imagine that. Here's the story. For the next five years, high school students in Oregon will not need to perform proficiency tests showing mastery of reading, writing, or math in order to graduate. And this comes as the Oregon Board of Education unanimously voted to extend a pause on the graduation requirement yesterday until 2028. They're citing inefficiency and inequity. Oh boy, there's that word again, inequity. What that means is that these leftist educators are going to assume that lower performance by certain groups is simply due to racism. And because of this racism, there shouldn't be any standards at all. No accountability, no real education. Just pass through the next generation of radicals from one grade to another. Here's more. Dan Farley with the Oregon Department of Education tells us the pause removes the harms caused by the policy. As an ODE report submitted to the Senate Committee on Education last year found, quote, the assessment of essential skills requirement was implemented inequitably and did not ensure anticipated benefits for students in their preparation for post-secondary transition. The report uh, brought to light several impacts on students, uh, primarily students of color, students with IEPs and students for English learners. Whenever the left sees any kind of result that can be segmented by race, the immediate assumption is that racism is the culprit. Those white oppressors are somehow purposely keeping others down. Except, of course, the Asian students. Can't explain them. The left never looks at fixing broken communities or emphasizing a culture of family and student support. No, that would go against the Marxist ideology of tearing down society. And to tear down society, you need victims. You need the oppressed. The result is that America suffers because of falling education standards. But the pause continues to see pushback from community members who claim the decision could lower education standards in the state, with former governor candidate Christine Drazen launching a campaign and garnering more than 1,400 public comments in opposition. Stating in part today, quote, it's disappointing that these unelected bureaucrats decided to ignore public comment and continue down a path that neglects their responsibility to help students meet high standards. Well, at least some people are fighting back. Some people care about education and not left-wing indoctrination. But as long as those on the left are in control, the battle for our children's future continues. All right, next let's talk about Representative Ilhan Omar, because she recently called a reporter a crazy lady 
And why? Because the reporter was asking questions about Israel and Hamas. Apparently, representatives like Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib can say whatever they want about Israel, but when Hamas conducts the worst act of terrorism against the Jewish people since World War II, they just go silent. Recall shortly after the October 7th terrorist attack, Tlaib was asked about Hamas savagery. Terrorists have um, cut off babies' heads and burned children alive. Do you support Israel's rights to defend themselves against brutality? We're just going to go through here. You can't comment about Hamas terrorists chopping off babies' heads. Do you condone what Hamas has done, chopping off babies' heads, burning children alive, raping women in the street? You have no comment about children's heads being chopped off. And now, just the other day, a similar encounter occurred with Ilhan Omar and her reporter. Why is it so hard for Omar and Tlaib to denounce rape, murder, and beheadings? Ignore this crazy lady. Don't worry about her. That crazy lady was a reporter asking questions. And not only does Omar refuse to answer, but she then calls out the reporter as a crazy lady. But hey, given the chance to blast Israel, Omar has absolutely no problem speaking out. Israel has dropped more bombs in the last 10 days than we dropped in a whole year in Afghanistan. Where is your humanity? Where is your outreach? Where is your care for people? Where is your humanity, Ilhan Omar? Where is your caring for people? On October 7th, Omar put out a statement condemning Hamas. Yeah, right. But called for an immediate ceasefire, like Hamas gets a one-off but Israel doesn't get to retaliate. Both Omar and Tlaib also spread the obviously false propaganda that Israel bombed a hospital in Gaza. That's right, she spread Hamas propaganda without once pausing and thinking, hey, the terrorists are saying something. Maybe it's false. The real question we should be asking is how someone so pro-terrorist and anti-American can be a member of Congress. All right, next here are some rapid-fire headlines from around the country. First, Here's a quick update on the race for Speaker of the House. After the GOP conference voted to remove Jim Jordan as their Speaker nominee, the race is wide open, and currently nine House members have announced their campaigns to become Speaker. A candidate forum will be held Monday evening with the desire of having a full House vote on Tuesday. One note, Republican Representative Mike Flood is circulating a unity pledge for the GOP conference, basically urging members to support whomever the GOP conference supports. My question is, where was that pledge when Scalise or Jordan was the nominee? Now, we are likely to get some establishment guy, and there comes this pledge for unity. All right, next, the crisis at America's borders are in the spotlight as the fiscal year 2023 came to an end on September 30th. In that fiscal year, as reported by the Center Square, 736 known or suspected terrorists were apprehended at the border. 736. This number is the highest in the history of the country. 
Of course, this number does not account for the possibility of other known and suspected terrorists who got away and disappeared into the country. It's estimated that since Biden came into office, 1.7 million people illegally crossed the border and got away. No record, no details, nothing. Now, how many of that 1.7 million were drug dealers or gang members or human traffickers or terrorists? If only 1%, then that's still 17,000 people. 2023 was the worst year on record for illegal migrant apprehensions. Remember when Biden, Mayorkas, and the media tried to say that it was just a seasonal problem? Right, a seasonal issue that has lasted three years. And finally, when so many states are going off the deep end and changing the wording of state policies and procedures to be more woke, Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders is doing the opposite. You've heard about these changes where instead of mothers, you have birthing person or words like non-binary or some other nonsensical word is added to gender descriptions. Well, the Arkansas governor is banning all of that, saying at a recent press conference that according to the left, women have taken a backseat to political correctness, adding that the left is using nonsense words to erase women and girls. Great job, Governor Huckabee, that you're doing your part to return some sanity to government. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, today's show's one sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The one she gives you the links to all the videos and stories used on today's show, so you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show will be Wednesday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.